Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Amy Lou Harrison, a graphic designer and illustrator working on building her freelance business. I know I talk a lot about the importance of knowing who your ideal customer is and using that to inform all of your marketing, but how do you do that exactly? Well, this is what Amy and I are talking about today, going beyond the demographics to find the problem that you want to help with, using educated guesses and your existing experience to work out your ideal client, the customer journey, and then applying all of that in your copy and your marketing. So let's go. Hi, Amy. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you so much for for coming on and for being willing to talk through all the stuff we're going to talk through today. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So, yeah. So, let's start off with a little bit of background into you and your business and what you do and what's happened to get you to the point that you're at now. Okay, so um, I'm a graphic designer and illustrator. I've been working in the design industry for about 15 years now. So I feel like I've had a very varied career. I've worked for design agencies. I've worked for a children's craft company doing illustrations. I've been freelance for a bit. And I've worked most recently at a university in their marketing department. So it's been a very sort of varied career. And most recently, I've decided to go back to freelance. And that was because I had a second child. So it's the classic scenario (laughs) of (laughs) where you can't go back to your full-time job because the childcare costs are through the roof and you know you're never going to see your kids and it's just not practical to go back to what you did before. So I kind of took the leap and decided that I was going to just work from home and I have currently very little time to do that because my children are only in childcare for a couple of mornings a week at the moment just because that's that's what we can kind of afford and yeah so it's just a case of um, restarting my freelance uh, design career and so I've, I've kind of got two sides to my business one is is graphic design so just doing a range of uh, sort of branding and any kind of kind of design work and the other side is the illustration side and I'm just kind of trying to work the two together. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Mm. And so it's all service-based rather than you're kind of selling products with illustrations on and stuff like that. Yes, it's it's 100% service-based that I don't, I don't, I, I have in the past tried to sell things, um, but I just, I didn't feel that was quite where I was you know that wasn't really my strength mm-hmm. so I'm doing it entirely kind of service-based yeah mm-hmm. 
Okay. And so what's the gap been then between when you were freelance before and kind of now? How long's that been? So I was freelance. So I've just done it for a little bit. So mm, it's kind okay. of whenever I've been in between jobs. So um, there was a, a time when I, I moved from one town to another and I freelanced for maybe sort of six months and that was before my eldest daughter was born. So it was back in 2014 to 2015. And then I then I got a, the job at the university, but I still did little bits of freelance on the side sort of in my spare time. So I've never, when I've done freelancing before, I've never felt like I've really gone for it. I've just mm. gone, oh, you know, this person contacted me to do a logo, so I did it. And, you know, it's, it's not had that kind of like, right, I have to make this work. Whereas yeah. now I'm in a position where like, this is this is really the only option I've got in terms of making making a career. So, I, you know, I feel like a lot of pressure to really make this work at this mm. at this time. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense then that it's not like there was a portion of your life where it was freelance and it was all working and now you've gone kind of back to that and that something's yeah. changed. It's yeah, exactly as you say that it's kind of been people have come to you and you've kind of done it and but always had a, a sort of safety net or expectation at least of going back and getting a job. And yeah, it's never had to work before. <laughs> yeah, it's never been it's never been desperate. And I think also before when when you sort of you've only got yourself to kind of care about it, the the monetary aspect didn't matter quite as much. You know, I was, had a little bit more freedom there. But yeah, I, I definitely now I, like I want this to be sort of my long term thing, and I really want to make it a successful business. I think the trouble is, is when you are working in another job, you're you're con- you're getting more contact with people, and that, therefore it's easier for people to find you, and they know that you're doing the thing. Whereas when you're kind of stuck at home, working from home, you feel very invisible to the world, mm. and that's one of my problems. Is now that I'm kind of at home, is just trying to find those clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- Absolutely. And I think that leads us on quite nicely because I think, as you say, when you are out in the world and -and so-and-so knows somebody who knows somebody who needs something, right? And so it doesn't kind of, the ideal client piece doesn't really matter because it's all happening through existing networks. But when you cut that out and you're relying on building it through people finding you online, that's when the ideal client piece becomes really important because that's what you need to use to stand out and for those pe- for people to see you and think, oh yes, that's somebody who gets what I need, rather than just, oh, there's somebody who my sister knows and so I can trust them. So it's a different trust building exercise. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it does feel like it's a lot more of a slog to try and get people to sort of not take you seriously, but just know that you're there ready to to do the work. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So thinking about ideal client stuff initially, have you kind of tried anything in terms of kind of refining that down? Is it all kind of all a bit of a big blur? Like, yeah, where are you standing with that at the moment? Well, yeah, there's definitely some blurry bits. <laughs> gonna, um, yeah, I've really tried to think about it. So actually creating my website was really helpful in trying to think, okay, who who is good here and who have I worked for in the past that was 
that really was a nice person to work for and work well with what I can do. And I think what I've kind of come down to is sort of working with independent businesses is always good because a lot of my sort of illustrations are quite uh, child orientated. So any kind of independent businesses which have a product or service to do with parents or children is probably a good one for me. But yeah, I, I think I am struggling with it a little bit. Mm. Although, I mean, also saying like independent businesses, it's, it's I'm, I'm aware how vague that is, really, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that could be anything. Mm. So yeah, I, I think that's about sort of as far as I've got. I, I kind of like the idea of helping people who are just kind of starting out and getting their business off the ground so you can help them with their branding and you know help them have a direction but then one of the problems with that is that sometimes they're you know not always in a position to do a lot of work or you know financially not as able to to pay for the work or whatever so yeah yeah that's kind of where I'm at with it yeah and that's always the classic problem I think is that we, we go oh yeah I'd love to help independent businesses and then it's like oh now what <laughs> like, that doesn't actually help in a lot of ways like, it gives you like a little bit of a steer but it needs to go a lot deeper and also that it's very at the kind of demographic level so it's um, independent businesses probably something to do with parents and children you've kind of got a little bit in terms of maybe they're they're at the early stages but that's all still very at that demographic level which is kind of the easiest bit to do right so it's easy to go oh yeah they're going to be aged about 30 to 40 and they're going to be women but then that doesn't actually help you to to do anything (laughs) well that's that's exactly you've hit the nail on the head you know that's sort of where I'm at I'm like okay well that's what they look like but (laughs) now what (laughs) yeah so what I would then do is to take it the level lower than that is to think about the pain points and I know that some people are uncomfortable with using the word pain points but it's just an easy phrase to use that if actually you think about the problem you want to solve and then who is the person who's got that problem so in terms you're kind of nearly there in terms of thinking about the people who are setting up well that problem is that they have this idea they've got quite a tight budget but they really want it to be professional um and they're not sure how to do it or what their options are that's the problem that you want to solve and so the person with that problem is your ideal client and that then means that the demographic information becomes a little bit less important because if you've got, you can have that problem if you're 20 or 50, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just, yeah. like some of the detail might be a little bit different. But what that also helps you then to do is things like in your web copy or where you decide to put yourself is that you can really talk to that problem so that the person with that problem goes, ah, oh, she gets it. Yeah, I think that's something I find quite hard to kind of identify, you know, what what are people struggling with? What And you know I've I've sort of heard you say this before it's like sometimes you feel like you don't have that much value to offer somebody because you're so used to doing your thing that you don't think anybody needs it yeah I think I do find it quite hard to identify people's pain points and and that kind of thing well and that's interesting because you've had a lot of experience 
Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. That's the thing. I've, I've been doing this for such a long time and, I'm, you know, had so many different kind of aspects of my career, but it's like, I think almost I've done too many different things mm-hmm. that then you become a little bit confused about actually what is it that I'm kind of able to really help somebody with or yeah yeah I, yeah I can get that actually because it, it's it's all there's a lot of different stuff that you could do and then it's kind of narrowing it down and, and what was the best one and which ones only hired me because they just needed something and all that that kind of stuff so was there been either something that you've done freelance or a brand that you worked with in-house any kind of what's always been your favorite thing to do the thing that you felt most rewarding and like oh yeah I really kind of made a difference to that person today yeah so I I think one of my um one of my biggest clients that I've had um as a freelancer is they're basically a coffee shop and children's party entertainer that are based in London it sounds a bit of a confusing one to explain, but they have they have two restaurants, and within one of the rest, in both of the restaurants, actually, they've got a soft play play area for children. So it's a very family focused restaurant, and they also on the side do children's magic parties. So for them, I've done their entire kind of branding for them. You know, I do all their illustrations. So if they need menus doing, I do the menus and. I do illustrations of things they might need, sort of information posters and a whole range of different things because that that kind of draws on my design skills and my illustration skills. So I think in a way they are kind of a, a really ideal client and they just need quite a lot of design work doing to promote their business, to you know, like I say, all the different aspects of their business that need design doing. I can kind of help with mm. and I think because it's it's got that dual aspect of illustration and design it kind of works really well because I can do them both at the same time you know I don't need to employ a, an illustrator to help me or vice versa. Okay yeah so that's the kind of work that's ideal is that there's lots of depth to it they're always going to need more there's always going to be lots of updating and it brings together the two strands so it's kind of a very multi-service kind of offering that you can give them but if they wanted all of that but they could be a nightmare right but they're not so what is it that means you love to work with them that's not just you know they they like a lot of stuff what is it about them that means they're not a nightmare um well I I, I'm looking I know them personally that always helps um but that is that is because the relationship's grown over time um they give me quite a lot of freedom like Mm -hmm. it's quite a nice thing where I think because we've worked together for a long time we do just sort of get what each other wants I mean sometimes the briefs can be a little bit vague but because I understand their business so well I'm like oh yeah I know what he means you know like that's that's fine and I think there's a lot of creative freedom Mm -hmm. within that so I feel like there's that trust that's been built I suppose that yeah they're just really open to ideas and I think they're really open to creativity and they're, they're quite a fun and they're quite silly so it's not like it's got to be you know, really corporate or serious or anything like that. It's a really fun brand to work with. And I think that that's reflected in, in the way that the people who own the company are as well. Mm. So, 
Yeah, I think that's that's probably why I enjoy working with them. Yeah, so I think that's showing a lot in terms of the, yes, the, the fun and the kind of childish, but not in a bad way, <laughs> um, childlike um, or child-focused thing is important. But also the crucial thing is, is that they kind of let you sort of get on with it. There's that trust there and you've got a lot of creative freedom. And what it sounds like to me is that you like to work with people who want an in-house designer, but not on their budget. That's not on their budget. Does that make sense? Yes. That it's a it's a very in-house kind of style of working, but you're just not on the payroll. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that's absolutely ideal, you know, to have someone that's like, oh really we need someone to help us out like twice a month, but we can't afford to or we do we don't want to have someone, you know, can't employ someone full time. That would be the ideal kind of person. So Yes, there's someone who who regularly needs a a person that they can trust would be great. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think this is really starting to take us somewhere because then that kind of person is probably not starting out. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're, they're a few years in. They're not kind of there building a team and you know, taking over the world, but they, they're they certainly not penny-pinching for their first kind of putting it out there, which isn't to say that you can't do that. I think it's always useful to have more than one kind of client that you work with because it's like, you know, look at Coca-Cola. They don't have one customer that they sell to, right? But it's it's how you then shift your focus. So if you maybe think right I'm going to do I'm going to have a startup branding package it's going to be fairly low low cost but that's not going to be my main thing that's going to be supplementary what my main focus is going to be on is the people who have got a business which relies heavily on design so it sounds like that might be that they've got a physical business or it might be product businesses that maybe sell on Etsy but they need help with packaging design or stuff like that fairly regularly and that's the kind of person that I'm going to be working with and then from there it's again taking it a level deeper and thinking about okay well let's imagine that person in their day-to-day what are the challenges that they're coming up against about design but also just generally like wondering whether they should be pushing it more but they don't feel like they've got the time and they're just worried about kind of half-assing everything and they want it to feel more professional but they're not really sure how to do that or whether that's even in their wheelhouse that they can do that or that they just don't know how to find someone they can trust who gets it so those are all those kind of little pain points that you can start to do and as you can tell I'm literally just making that up off the top of my head but <laughs> my educated guess is better than just not thinking about it right <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah I mean now you've said it it seems like oh yeah of course that's obvious you know they've been one of my longest standing clients I need more like that you know and you know what? I, I think I've got so wrapped up in trying to think what sounds right rather than mm. what is right for me you know and I think sometimes you when you've got limited time to kind of work on your business, you you end up not being able to see the wood for the trees. Yes. <laughs> that is definitely my problem at the moment. Um, 
so yeah that has given yeah I think that's given me some clarity actually just mm. thinking that no I don't uh, you know like you're, you're right sometimes it is good to work with maybe someone who's starting up and just wants maybe a logo or something like that but actually what to sustain my business I need a business that's already up and running yeah and I think that that's a very common thing that we think it has to be more complicated than it has when we're trying to sort out all this stuff and we we see ideal client plastered all over the, the internet and we think oh that's got to be that's got to be a thing I've got to do some work towards this thing and yeah we don't think we can take the simplest route and that can't possibly be right but actually to ground it in your own real life experience and to like you said think about who you do like working with what the, those projects are like and then extrapolate from that and even if maybe there's not somebody who's 100% ideal or whatever that's also fine and like I said my educated guesses then they're not going to be 100% right but they're going to be about 60% right and if you're doing an educated guess it's going to be more like 80% right because you've got more <laughs> experience than me so that will take you a really long way And then the more of those sorts of clients you get through, you can start to build on it more. I think that's the thing with this kind of ideal client work is that we want it to be something we can just tick off a list. But it's something we always have to be looking into and keeping on top of and thinking about because our ideal client will shift. They're, They're real human beings. They've got different pressures that are going to be coming on them at different times. So kind of always learning and keeping that kind of open mind as to oh that that's a really interesting point maybe that's something I can help people with it's just keeping open to it all the time yeah yeah definitely it's a really good point actually yeah right so if we're kind of thinking about that person who you've now got in your mind and and all those little pain points and things like that let's think about actually attracting more of them (laughs) yes yeah that's definitely what I need to do (laughs) (laughs) and I think with this it's a lot about how you feel best placed both in terms of your innate skills your personality and the time that you've got of how's going to be the best way to find those people because it might be like a lot of what you've done so far has been through Net, not networking in inverted commas, your network of people that you know. So that could be still a rich seam that you could spend your time doing that and asking for referrals and things. Or if that's not actually how you want to be showing up or spending your time, then it's a different question of, okay, well, I'm going to do this as a more, a less direct kind of style of marketing that it's going to be being a magnet rather than going out and getting people. I'm going to let them come to me through having my content and all that sort of thing yeah it's it's hard to know which one which approach is the best really because like I say I don't have a lot of time to kind of really work on it and it in some ways it's like you can you can sort of find all these different potential people that you might approach but it's it's hard if they don't it's hard to build that relationship with them isn't it if you've got you know other than just saying hey have a look at my website so Mm. I think one of the problems is if you do go for that more direct approach, like how how do you approach them successfully? And sort of the other the other side is if if you're just doing that kind of like putting your work out there, how do you make sure the right people kind of see it as well? Yeah, I think that it's a, an understanding of the customer journey in a lot of ways. So if we're thinking about it in terms of 
if you're like you say just putting the work out there and letting people find you it's that they're not gonna find you for the first time and be like yep I'm gonna spend a thousand pounds a month with you for the rest of the year (laughs) there has to be a little bit of trust building and relationship building in there so I've talked about this before, but I don't think I've talked about it for a while in terms of if we think about it as a funnel, and I don't mean email funnels or anything like that. It's just as a visual metaphor for how people move through a business. So the top of the funnel is when they first find you, they don't know you from Adam, they've maybe stumbled across something on Instagram or somebody sent them something and they're just kind of feeling it out. So what they need at that point is just stuff they're going to be interested in. So that will be kind of your visuals, maybe some content about how you put things together and how you work so that they're kind of there's something there to keep their interest enough that they don't just immediately click off some people will leave because they don't have a business that's about children or whatever so they're just not right and they'll go and that's fine but the people who are right will move down to the middle where they're kind of now starting to make a little bit of a decision they need to see things like that are going to really show them how you work and what you can really do for them and then they move down again to the bottom of the funnel where they're kind of ready to buy and you just need to get them over the line um so what's key there is all about your copy and content being laser focused on them and their those pain points those challenges they've got and really showing that you understand their business and that they can feel you're talking to them right yeah do you do you think sort of that comes from doing a just lots of sort of stuff on instagram is that the kind of best way to sort of get that message out there or is it is it just got to be all different kind of things like your website and social and all those kind of things yeah it's got to be end-to-end because it could be that you know, they might find you on Instagram and then they want to come over to the website, but there's nothing on there that's kind of doing what they, you were doing on Instagram and it all feels a bit disjointed and that's kind of a, a breakdown in that journey. You want to be able for them to be able to pick up crumbs all the way to the point that they're going to be making that decision to book you. And so you can't kind of get them distracted from that trail of crumbs. So Instagram is always a really good place to start for that top of the funnel because it's where people will be discovering you and they'll probably follow there for a little bit before they then start to move on to the website. So it's a good place to be getting out quite general things, showing your work, um, talking about... uh, So for example, you could put up a picture and you could say this was for a client and this was the struggle that they had and this is the way that I went around and... And, and fixed it for them. And that's kind of like a, oh, okay, that's interesting. Let me click on her website to find out more. But then there needs to be something else on there. So it might be that like your work with me page, you can talk very much about, I, I know that when you've got this business and it's really going really well, but you're not quite there ready to start a team, but you know that if you want to be growing and you want to be pushing it in the way you want to, you need this design and you know you want it, you know exactly how you want it to look, but you just can't afford to have somebody there all the time. I can be that person for you. And if you talk about it like that, really specifically, those people are going to go, oh my God, (laughs) is she reading my mind? Like, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so true. You're you're absolutely right. And I suppose there are people out there that don't realise that you could potentially hire someone for just 
two days a month or, or that you can help them in that way. And I, I suppose sometimes people, sometimes they don't know what they want until they see it as yes. well. So they might not know that they need like some really nice flyers designing or, or I don't know, like a really nice menu designing or something like that. Yeah, I think one of the problems with me at the moment is on my Instagram, I've just put a lot of illustrative work on there. And I don't particularly talk about my working process Mm. that much. So people are just going, oh, yeah, that's pretty picture. That's fine. You know, move on. But I think you're right in the terms that you need to address why you've done that for your client and what you were trying to achieve for them as well. Yeah, and and that just gives it an extra bit of depth. And I know that it it can... feel like almost clunky or is this actually interesting to people but I always find that interesting (laughs) like to see the other side of the process and yeah to have it kind of the image brought to life through through a narrative and just to think of it as the story of that image yeah it is more interesting it gives people something for people to get their teeth into and to start asking you questions and just to get them as you say more than going oh that's pretty and moving on to actually starting to think of it as something that they could have. Yes, yeah, I think that's right. I, I think just at the moment, just putting things out there and not giving kind of any explanation is not really going in my favour at all. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, I think I think that's something I've, I struggle with just on a kind of personal level is feeling confident enough to really talk about what you're doing and you sort of think, oh, no one's interested. But like you said, you know, people are, you just have to kind of go for it, don't you really? And not overthink it, I guess. <laughs> And and also to not worry about it being about you, because I think that can be a th- is that you think nobody's interested, or nobody's interested in me, nobody's interested in what I've got to say, and well, yeah, they're probably not like really interested in you, but they're interested in the story and what that means for them. You know, ultimately, everybody's only interested in themselves. It's true, <laughs> um, it's true. Yeah, no, but that's absolutely right, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just really trying to identify what people need help with. And I suppose um, that maybe comes from sort of like, I don't know, just asking people as well, you know, what do you struggle with? Or, But yeah, that's something I kind of need to work on quite a lot, yeah. sure. I do that all the time. Like, it will be things like, I'll ask what kind of topics people would like to have on the podcast. And then I do podcasts about those topics and that gives me a whole list of things that people are struggling with that I might think hey you know what this actually I've got loads to say on this this could be a course or I'll ask people what they what projects they're working on and then I can kind of see what projects people are working on and what help they might need with those so it's it's kind of making a conversation and also I'm genuinely interested in what people are doing but it's kind of making it about them and them sort of thinking oh yeah this is what I need this is what I want this is like my problem and then that's all information gathering for me and it can be done in a nice conversational way but yeah it's really important to get that information because like I said you can have your educator guesses and I have those and then I put it out there to see if my assumptions are right. <laughs> it's nothing like getting a genuine sort of question from someone to know which way to kind of go with it because otherwise you are just guessing really, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Mm. One thing is, I suppose doing that on Instagram is good, but I've got quite a small mm-hmm. following at the moment. So 
I'm sort of thinking about doing that and thinking, oh, would anyone actually respond to that? <laughs> because, you know, I've not got that many people that follow me because for a long time, my Instagram has just been a personal account where I've mm -hmm. just posted photos of my family and, and that kind of thing. And it's only just recently that I've started putting my work on there more and talking about what I do and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of things where I probably need to grow that side of things a bit more as well. So I get, you know, rather than it just being my friends and family that are looking at stuff. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I wouldn't not do stuff and because you think, oh, I need to grow more because where, where's the end point there, right? <laughs> and it's not putting too much weight on each individual post it's not that you're going to ask a question and that's the be all and end all and you're never going to ask one ever ever again you can just ask one and if nobody answers you just ask another one in like two weeks time because <laughs> nobody else is going to notice and that's the thing particularly with instagram is that we need to train people because they put us in a little box and that when we try and move something or try something different they're like whoa that's not the, you're not in the right box for that so we need to kind of train them into getting used to interacting with us in the way that we want them to interact with us and that takes time but it has to just start with starting yeah is it something that you you find just needs to kind of grow kind of organically and you know just kind of put it out there and or is there kind of a real technique to doing it or oh, yeah it's and my view is that you don't want to game it too much because that's just a really slippery slope and ultimately you, you need to build something that's going to sustain your business and if you're kind of in the early stages just gaming it to get more people in but they're actually not the right people then that's going to do you more harm than good in the long run. What I'd say is the best way is to be present and engaged with other people because that will draw them into you so that's what I still do if I think oh this picture's not doing too well I'll go out and I'll comment on loads of people's stuff I'll go into hashtags and like do liking and commenting and things like that just to kind of yeah draw people over and, and do unto others as you want would have them do on to you is that the right way around but yeah, it good, yeah. <laughs> it's like if you want more people to comment then you need to go and comment on more people if you want more people to to like then you need to go and do that it's kind of like that it's very give and take yeah you've got to give haven't you you've yeah kind of um, be generous to other people and supportive of what they're doing as well so particularly if you've got a small account and it's not getting the numbers to make you visible that's a way to be visible because you're literally there with your name under their photo saying something nice like that's that's visibility and they can then find you from that yeah that's that's always a good point just kind of being more present in other people's lives yeah rather than just thinking when's everyone gonna come to me <laughs> yeah. yeah you've got to go out there and make friends haven't you really yeah and and that's the thing is and and that's where it all kind of joins together and this is the this is the kind of problem with marketing is that it's not like, oh, do this one thing and you'll be fine because everything all stitches together in that big customer journey. Because even if you're doing some networking or you've you've kind of got a list of your former clients or existing clients, you've asked them to do like a referral push for you. 
those people that are finding out about you still need to be able to come. They're going to look on Instagram and they need to see something there that's going to make them interested enough to then go over to the website. And then there needs to be something on the website that makes them feel seen and heard and like you totally get them so that they might send you an email or sign up to your email list. Yeah, it's, it's all got to join together, hasn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, I see that. And I think you're. I think you're right. I think at the moment, probably, I think my my website is kind of really encouraging people and being clear of what I do. But I think my Instagram is probably a little bit vague at the moment, and that needs to work better with what my website is saying. Mm. Oh yeah, and I think particularly if because of the work that you do, it's it's much more easy to kind of translate the website into the Instagram like I don't think they should be doing the same thing because there's no point having a portfolio on your website and then the Instagram is like a carbon copy of it but you can find the red threads between them of they're not like two completely different entities they're still working together and feeding into each other so it might be that the Instagram is like a more informal version of a portfolio where you're kind of showing the behind the scenes of it or the process of it or why you particularly love that that piece and then and that always so you can say on oh, you can see more about this in my portfolio and more more of the say it was a book you can see more of the sketches on my, in my portfolio stuff like that where you you can use one to lead into the other yeah yeah definitely yeah I think I think I probably do need to talk a little bit more more about my process as well like you say because I think that probably gets people to know your personality and I yeah. suppose that's one thing that people want to do is they want to work with someone who they like or that you know is would be a good fit for them I suppose Mm. and you what your ideal client is somebody who's going to give you quite a lot of freedom will trust you you're going to have a a long-term relationship with them so you need to set the tone for that that they can kind of be already seeing your process and how you work so they can already imagine themselves in that situation and be like oh okay well she works like that so that would actually really fit in because you know I've got 101 things to do and it'd be quite good just to know that she's doing that over there you know for example so I think for you particularly talking about how you work and that process part of it is really helpful because that's going to help them be making the decision before they've even inquired yes yeah it's, it's giving them that confidence that they can just leave the job with you and you'll get it done mm-hmm. and yeah no you're absolutely right that is that is something I need to focus on a lot more so yes do that yeah I'd possibly as well put on your your work with me page just start to slip in just a little a couple of extra sentences about all these things that we've talked about about how you love to work as a in-house but out of house kind of designer where people can leave a job with you and you're absolutely get it done to the way that they want you to you know if they've got lots of design they want to invest in but they don't want to invest in a employee then that's what you're there to do and just to really put it in there in black and white never assume that people know what you mean (laughs) yeah 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 no you're absolutely right because unless you I I know that from experiences that unless you're really blatant about what you can offer then people just they don't know do they and that's that's really true no it's a great great idea to add that into that page of my website for sure so I always do I always on my sales pages and stuff I'll put a bullet point list of 
things they might be thinking. Like I'll say something like, this is for you if, and then it's like, you feel X, Y, Z, you wish you could A, but you can't because of B. Like all those sort of really, really specific scenarios. So people can literally see, oh, that one's me. Oh God. So this, this, and it just brings them it to life for them a little bit more because it's, we're very good at talking ourselves out of things. <laughs> um, and so I was thinking it's taking away every single doubt that they might have of like, oh, well, she hasn't said this. So maybe it's not quite for me. So I try and just preempt all those things. Yeah. Have it, now you said that, I think it's probably a good idea for me to talk to uh, the client I have that I've mm. already told you about and just maybe say to them, you know, can you give me advice on what what you know you struggle with day to day and if I get a list from them or maybe talk it through with them that might help refine that bullet point list on my website as well they're they're definitely someone I could ask about that you know so that's that's kind of good yeah and who doesn't like to be told like you're ideal (laughs) (laughs) you're great I want more people like you so can you help me um I think that's always good and yeah it's it's kind of like sending out a survey but you're just doing it to the 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 one person who you actually do want their views from so yeah yeah that's a good point (laughs) (laughs) okay so how are you kind of feeling about everything have you got any other kind of questions that are lingering there do you feel like you've got something to go away and work on yeah you've definitely you know what I think you've just pointed my head in the right direction I think for a long time, I've just, like I say, I've just felt like I've not, I've, I just don't know where to turn. I don't know who, I don't know who to approach. And I think I've been so focused on, like you said, the demographic of the person rather than what their problem, what the person's problems or pain points are. But I've kind of missed that, that, you know, thinking about well, who have I got already that's a great client and who do I want more of? So yeah, that has, that has really, really helped yeah, I, I suppose it's just, um, you know, thinking like obviously the, that client that I've described to you is quite specific. There's not a lot of businesses exactly like that. It's fairly mm-hmm. unique. Would it be worth sort of trying to get a list of local businesses that I know that are sort of similar and then just approaching them quite directly? Yeah, I think that that could it can't hurt right <laughs> and I, although it's it's the the specifics of that business are obviously very unique as they are for every business it's then generalizing those specifics so it's that they have perhaps seasonal things that means there's lots of design that needs to be done from season to season it's a multifaceted business so they need things for various different income streams that they have all those kind of things those still can be replicated to other businesses like product businesses will have seasonal launches that they need help with or they'll have lots of different options that they need and all those kind of things so it's it's kind of taking those those specific elements and then thinking okay well what other businesses have those as well so it doesn't have to be just that they are all cafes or whatever it's really focusing on that problem and be like well who else could have that problem like I said the pro- a product business would have it uh, somebody who's purely service will have it somebody who's got a physical business or an online business they've all got those same similar kind of problems like even somebody who 
like releases a lot of e-courses needs design done for each new e-course so it's yeah it's those key general things and then you kind of can get specific about them again so I think yeah making sure that you are on your website and when you talk to people that those people know you work with people who need lots of design help to make their business what they want it to be but they can't employ somebody you're like a out of house in-house designer and then they can get it and then when they're talking to somebody at a networking event or somebody who's their friend you can be like oh you know who you absolutely need Amy (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 I like that phrase actually an out of house in-house designer (laughs) I might have to steal that one Kate (laughs) feel free that one's that one's on the house (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh my last question for you is how do you grow a soul in your work and life okay well I think I need to probably follow my instincts a bit more I need to kind of focus on doing things that I enjoy for people who I like working with and I think I also need to probably at this stage in my life um, forgive myself a bit for not being able to do all the things Mm. Uh, just kind of try and focus on a few things that are important Mm. I like that (laughs) thank you (laughs) so where can people come and find out more about you and connect with you okay so my website is amyloharrison.com amy is spelled a-m-i and my instagram is also amyloharrison so yeah just very make sure easy. Yeah, very <laughs> easy so yeah just make sure you spell amy with an i and then <laughs> so yeah please come and say hi <laughs> well thanks so much amy well thank you kate it's been great chatting with you Any links that we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Amy on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Amy Lou Harrison. Amy with an I. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link and also share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.